Welcome to the podcast of Dr. Norman Thomas. These teachings are designed to empower you to live a higher quality of life. Take a few minutes to receive a deposit of godly wisdom for your day. For more information and more extended teachings from Dr. Thomas, visit normanthomas.org. So are you ready for the word tonight? Yes. Amen. I want to share with you something that I've been meditating on for the last several months. And it has everything to do with who we are as individuals in the earth as it concerns our destiny and our purpose. So I want to start tonight from the book of St. Mark chapter 8. The book of St. Mark chapter 8. And I want to read to you several passages there. And I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Bible translation. When we get into this. Now, Jesus is teaching, and what he's doing here is introducing a thought that deals with dimensions of living. And what we have been trained to do, basically, is to live one-dimensional. And if we live one-dimensional, then we experience one-dimensional living. But in this passage of scripture, Jesus is introducing us to uh, a higher dimension of life. Now, let's just read this. In, in um, Mark chapter 8, verse 34, if you there say, I am. I am. Jesus called to him the throng or the crowd with his disciples, and he said unto them, if anyone intends to come after me, let him deny himself. The Amplified says, let him forget himself, let him ignore himself, let him disown himself, lose sight of himself and his own interest. And then take up his cross and joining me as a disciple and siding with my party, follow with me continually, cleaving steadfastly to me. Verse 35. For whoever wants to save his life, his higher life, his spiritual life, or his eternal life, will lose the lower life, the natural life, or the temporal life, which is lived only on earth. Say that with me, only on the earth. And whoever gives up his life, which is lived only on the earth, for my sake and the gospel's, will save his higher life, spiritual life, in the eternal kingdom of God. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life in the eternal or in the eternal kingdom of God? Or he asks it another way, what can a man give as an exchange as a compensation, as a ransom or a return or in return for the blessed life or the life in the eternal kingdom of God. 
two dimensions of living. One, I want to say, is below the line that Jesus is drawing. The other is above the line that is being identified here. And what I want to talk to you tonight about is living above the line. Living above the line. Now, your assignment in the earth has everything to do with your ability to live above the line. Every man in this room, every one of you, those that testified are representatives of the various diversities of men in terms of where, where men are in life. Every one of you, though, were created with a purpose and a destiny or an assignment. You have something to do in the earth. Even Jesus came into the earth with an assignment. Jesus said, I must work the works of him that has sent me while it's day. Because when night come, what? No man can work. I said, well, what's this deal about day and night? What's that got to do with it? Then he answers it in the next verse. He says, for as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. So I concluded with that by saying that your assignment that God has given you is something that has to be released out of you before you leave the earth. Your assignment is not for heaven. It's for the earth because heaven doesn't need it. Heaven is perfected, but it is the earth that needs the assignment that God has put inside of you. Now, just because you might say tonight, well, I don't know what that is. I, I understand and I believe what you're saying, but I don't know what mine is, but that doesn't change the fact that you have one. You still have one. So now it's just a matter of discovering what that assignment is. So in this passage of scripture, Jesus emphasizes a comparison between two distinct dimensions of living, having each their own separate qualities and characteristics. One he refers to in the Amplified text as the eternal life. Say that, the eternal life. The other one, he refers to it as the temporal life. Now let's read it one more time. Verse 35, and I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible. For whoever wants to save his life, save his higher life, his spiritual life, his eternal life, will lose it the lower life, the natural life, the temporal life which is lived only on the earth. So as a believer in Christ, you have been introduced into, you have been introduced to a high life, a higher dimension. That's what Jesus was talking about when he says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's, that's experiencing temporal living. That's where circumstances are in control of your life. That's where your situations rule and dictate 
what kind of day, what kind of year, what kind of life you're going to have. He says, but I came that you may have life, the abundant life, life to the full, life in abundance, life to the full, life till it overflows, the abundant life. And that life is the life that he's talking about, that we're talking about tonight, the high life, the eternal life, the spiritual life. And whoever gives up his life, which is lived only on the earth for my sake and the gospel's sake, will save his eternal life. So you have the high life, you have the low life. The spirit life, the natural life. You have the eternal life, you have the temporal life. And the problem that we have is that most Christian men are living lives in the temporal realm. And they don't even, haven't even begun to adventure into the eternal. They still think that the eternal is a place that you go when you die and live with God forever. That's only a characteristic of the eternal. The eternal starts now. The moment you give your heart to Christ begins your eternal life. As a matter of fact, you never have to die again. Your dying days are over. Because Paul says, if any man be in Christ, he is now what? A new creature. Old things are what? Isn't that what we say when somebody, we say die, they pass away. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. You have begun eternal life. So now, what we have to do is renew our minds to this higher dimension. Because what has happened is proof that we, most men, are living in the temporal is that we live our lives governed based on how we feel or based on what we think. And it's like living in darkness. When you're in a room that's dark and you're trying to get from one point to the, to the next in that room, in order to move successfully without injuring yourself, you got to what? Feel your way through. And most people are feeling their way through life, living by how they feel, as opposed to what they know. Okay? So now, Jesus spent the majority of his ministry teaching relative to this distinction, to this, this high life. He referred to it as the kingdom of God, living in the eternal. He emphasized it as the key to living free from limitations, free from restrictions of one's natural earthly existence. Although I'm in the earth, I'm not restricted to it. Yes, I'm in the earth, but 
I'm not limited to earthly living. I can live in the earth, but I don't have to live earthly. What I'm going to do is live in the earth, but live eternally. I'm going to live out of that realm of the eternal. Because when I do, I'm, I'm raising myself up above everything that is relative to the natural realm. Everything that is relative to natural existence, that includes every circumstance, every adversity, every disadvantage, any and everything that is connected to the natural realm. It raises me above it. So if I'm above it, then I'm not, a, I'm not ruled by it. If I'm above it, I'm not governed by it. Now, I'm not saying I'm not affected by it. I can be affected by it. But being affected by it is different than being governed by it. I control the effect. See? So it's not going to decide where I am tomorrow. I'm going to decide where it is tomorrow because I'm living eternally. Are you with me here? All right. So let's, let's look at something else. So what we want to do is pursue the highest dimension, forsake the lowest dimension, which is in the temporal. This line that I'm talking about divides out victims from victors. This line, depending on what side of this line you're on, determines whether or not you're a victim or a victor. It determines whether or not you are conquered or a conqueror. Come on, say, I'm going to stay above the line. Tell our brother next to you. Say, I'm going to stay above the line. What we're dealing with is the eternal. I'm using the word eternal on purpose because we, we have had a strong and long misconception concerning the eternal. We're dealing with the eternal as opposed to the natural. Go with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Amen. Paul says here in verse 18, he says, while we look not at the things which are seen, he says, but we look at the things, come on, say we look. We look. He says, we look, now who's he talking about, we? He's talking about believers. He's talking about Bible-believing people. He says, so we're not caught up, or our focus is not in temporal matters. He says, we look at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are what? Eternal. Now, where is your focus? Where's your focus? Where's your focus? 
See, because the enemy's job is to stir up temporal things, to get your focus on temporal matters, to keep you out of the eternal. Because he knows if you begin to operate eternally, you begin to master the temporal. Okay? Now, so what happens is he creates a situation, he creates a circumstance, and, and all that begins to flare up. Now, he's depending on you to talk. He, he, he relies upon your words to enforce the temporal. In other words, many times, you know, people, there are people that think that the, that the devil can read their minds. But you, he, he can't read your mind. You just think he can. What happens is that he takes your words and he uses words against you. And you forgot you said it. But when you said, if this happens one more time, I, I, can't, I can't take no more of this. If, if, we've, we have said things like, we've said things like, you know, I'm a pretty cool guy. I'm pretty calm. I'm pretty, I'm pretty relaxed. But I tell you what, one thing that'll just blow my top now, if somebody, if somebody messes with this or this, now that, that, I'm going to lose it. Well, see, when you speak those kinds of things, the enemy takes record of those things that you say and creates a profile for you and begins to create circumstances and adversity, adversities because he, that's, that's one of your buttons that, that and you told him. He didn't know till you told him. And that's that scripture that, I, that we say, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Well, how is a weapon formed against you to start with? A weapon formed against you is a weapon formed just for you. And if it's formed just for you, it's formed specifically based on what it takes to affect you. Well, somebody's got to know something to do that. And you've given him all the information that he needs to form or fashion a weapon against you. But according to the Bible, we can annihilate those weapons if we change our words. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So eternal things possess the ability to control, maneuver, rearrange, even create or implant temporal things, eternal things. So what are the eternal things? Well, the Word of God. The Word of God is the establishment of the eternal. That is the eternal realm of God. Your circumstances is the temporal. So now it raises the Word of God even to a higher level of priority in our lives that we have to master this Word in order to succeed in this temporal world. The eternal is the realm of God where His Word rules, and the temporal is the realm of the earth where your circumstances and situations rule. Now, so now, what happens is, is that when a situation comes up, 
because I'm going to live eternally as opposed to earthly or naturally, then I don't have to act or react to that situation as though I have no ability to change it. When you know that you have everything you need to turn a situation around, then you don't, you don't, you don't lose composure. You stay calm and you begin to calculate according to the devices at your disposal to maintain order and control where this situation is concerned. Because you don't look at what is seen. You look at what is unseen. You, you, are, you are focusing and, and, and analyzing the unseen realm to devise a strategy to overcome the scene. So then there's not a problem. That is a problem. Come on, you, you with me here. <laughs> there's not a problem, that's a problem. There's a problem, it's just simply an opportunity to apply the eternal. I'm going to apply the eternal to this situation and I'm going to change it. That's what I'm going to do. Now, now, an example is, you know, you got the news going on now with this, this development in the, in the, in the uh, Caribbean, headed towards the Gulf of Mexico. And so I'm in Belize, in the Caribbean, and you got people, you know, cutting up at home, like, oh, the hurricane, you know, and, and the, the media has instilled the fear, you know, and so what, what is happening is Christians now, believers, are now repeating the prophecy of the world. Now, now the, if you watch the news, they're already calling it a hurricane. It's not even a hurricane yet. But you, 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 you talk to anybody in the, in the Gulf, in the, one of the cities in the Gulf, they'll tell you the hurricane is on the way. Why? Because they've listened to the world and, and they've gone, now what they're doing is creating a hurricane. They're creating, a, they're bringing a hurricane to pass, but not in my city. Not in my city. Amen. See, so what has to happen? We have to be willing to stand up and, and point out there and speak to that storm and command it to diminish, to dissipate, to die, and to stay out there in the waters, and you shall not come near my coast. You shall not destroy properties, and you shall not destroy life. Amen. 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 Now that's that's acting eternally. That's acting eternally. That's what we call being spiritual. Because that's another term we've messed up. We think being spiritual is reading the Bible every day, praying three times a day. Now I'm a spiritual man because I read my Bible every day and I pray three times a day. That ain't being. That's what spiritual people do. That don't make you spiritual. What makes you spiritual if you act according to that word. Because Jesus says, this word which I speak is spirit. Now when we act on that word in the spirit, we're living spiritually. That makes you spiritual. 
So somebody says, well, you, you just, you're just in denial is what you're in. If you're broke and you're saying you're rich, you're just in denial. That's not denial. It's defiance. In the eternal, you defy the authority of the natural. You defy the diagnosis. You're not denying that the diagnosis is there, but you're defying the diagnosis to operate in authority in your body. Come on, let's give him praise. Give him praise. Yeah, it's a fact that the diagnosis is there, but I'm not going to give the diagnosis life. I'm not going to give it authority to rule in my body because I live eternally. See? And everything natural is subject to the eternal. And if I just stay up in the eternal, I can change everything in the natural. So then I can speak to my body. Come on now. And I can command it to line up with the eternal. And operate accordingly. As opposed to giving in to the, to the temporal and allowing that thing to dictate my life. Go with me to Hebrews 11. You know this, Hebrews 11, 1. Say, I'm going to stay up. Stay up. Some of y'all dealing with some stuff right now. You've been trying to deal with it temporally. And it's not going to work. You're reacting to a circumstance. You're responding naturally to a situation and you need something eternal to deal with something natural. The only way you're going to have victory in that thing is to get something, is to get up in the eternal, extract from that realm, and, and, and commission it to change that temporal situation. That's where that success is going to come. Otherwise, you're going to continue to struggle with it. And you're going to continue to fight it. And the enemy is going to discourage you. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is what? Now notice what it says, faith is substance, which is tangibleness of, of things that is hoped for. So my faith is the concreteness of the eternal. My faith is. And my faith is the evidence of what I can't see, the eternal. For by it, or by faith, this is how they did it, the elders obtained a good report. Notice, they obtained it. It didn't just happen, they obtained it. And when you obtain something, you acquire it. So it requires initiative on your part to make something come to pass or to make something happen. They made things happen. Now we know God did it, but their faith allowed God to do it. Their faith allowed God. How do you think Moses, I mean, how do you think Noah built an ark? There was not a school of engineering. There was not a pattern for an ark in the earth. It had not crossed over into the temple. But when God spoke it, it was created. In Noah. 
And then Noah took his faith in what God spoke and transferred what was invisible into the natural realm. But Noah had to make it happen. There are some things you've got to make happen. You've got to make it happen. And the only way you're going to make it happen is to get up in the eternal, get out of the temporal, get into the eternal, and, and transfer it over and make it come to pass. You've got to make your victories come to pass through the eternal. Faith is the essence of this realm that I'm talking to you about because faith in God is equivalent to faith in what God has spoken. In other words, you cannot claim that you are trusting in the Lord. How you doing? Well, I'm just trusting in the Lord. But you're not actively engaging in the working of his word. You can't be trusting in the Lord. I'm just hanging on. I'm just holding on to God's unchanging hand. You know, you got to work the word. You got to work the word. You got to apply the word to that situation. Brother, how's it going? How, how are you how you, you making it? You're coming through that thing? I'm just hanging on. No, you, you, you got to trust God. I'm just, well, you know, we say it all the time. I'm, I'm just trusting the Lord. But what does that mean? What does trust imply? Trust implies dependency. Trust implies leaning on, reliance upon something that is necessary for you to acquire whatever it is that you're trying to acquire. If you have enjoyed this time with Dr. Thomas, visit us online at normanthomas.org for more extended versions of these teachings. You may also learn where Dr. Thomas will be speaking at a location near you. Until next time, keep walking by faith.